once you go down the rabbit hole, you start to realize, oh, there's a lot of other things that are involved, right? Like we just start with the entertainment side and then, well, what, how do you make a therapy out of it? And then there's dentistry and then there's surgery and then, yeah, it goes, there's so much to it. What is hypnotherapy and what do nurses need to know about its positive effects and practice? Let's talk all about it with trauma nurse and certified hypnotherapist Charlie Rose right here on episode 355 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. That's right. This podcast is all about you, your personal professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, occasional diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And here's a super, super, very special request if you find value in the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com, creating, gosh, we're heading towards 400 episodes now, incurs a lot of costs, and I'm happy to carry those costs. But if you would like to pitch in $2 a month for a while, maybe a year, perhaps, that would be really awesome. So you can sign up just like Edward from the Bay Area and Marie from Tennessee and Jocelyn from New York and pledge $2 or more per month. And if you pledge more than two, you can get some awesome premiums and prizes from me as my way of thanking you. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to sign up and show your support. You can also show your support by referring yourself or your dog, or your friend, or your colleague, or your husband, or anyone you know for career coaching with me. I provide expert holistic career coaching for nurses and healthcare professionals and the occasional dog. And you can email me at keith at nursekeith.com to schedule a complimentary chat. And if you mention Charlie Rose, you can get 10% off your first coaching package. The show notes for this episode will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 355. And Charlie Rose, my new friend and friend of the pod, I'm so glad you're here with us today. And my first question for you is, how would, how would you define hypnotherapy? What is it really? Hypnotherapy, it's a beautiful beautiful way that with hypnosis, it's a trance-like state. Um, A great example is when you're watching a movie and you just feel emotionally tied to the movie, you are feeling a level of trance. The fact that it's just a movie and you're in reality Right there, you are feeling um, that emotion, whether anger, whether happy, whether sad, tears come, face gets flushed, you are in a level of trance. When right before we go to bed, we have a level of trance. And right when we wake up, we have a level of trance. And these are uh, very natural occurrences. Now, when we take that natural occurrence and apply it to therapy, that's when we call it hypnotherapy. And in that, we are able to get to the subconscious mind where you have behaviors and habits that run a script in your life and how you respond to this conscious world. Wow. Well said. And, you know, you've 
been a nurse for quite some time now, working in ERs. You've been a flight nurse, international and national flight nurse. You're critical care certified. You've been a code nurse, a charge nurse. So you've you've been working in pretty like high adrenaline environments, one might mm-hmm. say. Right. <laughs> so is that what made you get interested in hypnotherapy that you were working in environments that kind of took you to the edge in terms of stress and cortisol and all that stuff? (laughs) Right. How do I maintain composure when composure is out the door? Absolutely. Um, It was a very interesting falling into um, modality. I wanted to go more into life coaching, um, into more of a practice to help people do my job. I got a lot of people asking me, like, how do I become a critical care nurse? How do I become a nurse? Like, what did you do? And in that mentoring process, it was very nice because, you know, it fed the ego a little bit. And then also just out of my own explaining of where I've been and how I got there and the do's and don'ts of being a critical care nurse, um, I realized also I was on the sideline helping a lot of people with burnout with having difficulty being on the job. Not, you know, we're not bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, after five years, we're getting kind of seasoned. And Mm -hmm. it was hurting my heart watching very talented nurses just be like, I'm done, I can't do this. I'm coming to work Mm. with a level of anxiety on their plate. And then boom, COVID hits. We're already on this teetering edge and then, more intensity of disease is coming and the changes and the chaotic world. And so in my path of trying to find how to help, hypnotherapy fell into my lap. And I literally Mm -hmm. mean fell into my lap. Luckily, the type of life coaching, holistic coaching came together with hypnotherapy because there's a type of conversational hypnotherapy that you can use. Meaning I don't put you under like close your eyes, feel so sweet, Mm -hmm. feel good about yourself. It's a way of talking to the individual, meeting them at their level, gaining rapport, gaining an insight into why they do what they do. And that just helped me in my practice as a nurse, as I started to apply it, as I'm learning it. And it it kind of became a tease because everybody started calling me, wow, you're like the neuro whisperer because my patients who are Mm -hmm. sedated and who have restraints on and they're thrashing and they're, they're confused because the disease process, the medications, the, this whole new environment that they're in, that's so clinical. Um, And we're trying to say, heal yourself, calm down. It's not working too much. And so it would, it was interesting. They would call me in just to, talk to them, to soothe them, to change my own energy, to have a more healing energy. And you just see the patients just kind of calm down with it. Now, it doesn't work on everybody because there's so many different types of issues that are going on. But for a lot of my patients and my nurses, just the fact that I got the feedback that they feel better, that I'm there, and it's because I'm implementing these skills it just called to me that who else is going to need this too? 
Like it's not just even at my hospital, but Mm. can I provide a service outside this hospital that I can start implementing skills and giving and teaching these skills for just the layman people to have for themselves? Because we're not the only one with anxiety. It's a natural thing, that wonderful anxiety feeling. And how can I help other people? That's true. Yep. Right. So... So hypnotherapy fell into your lap and you you started studying it and applying it at work as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And you said that it's conversational. And I'm just curious, you know, if you watch old movies or even newer movies mm-hmm. or or cartoons, like I think of like Looney Tunes and stuff, where they show a hypnotherapist, or you go to see a hypno uh, a hypnotist, hypnotist, not hypnotherapist mm. at a at a show or something. Yeah. And you know the things that happen with the hypnotist and this so you're inducing a trance state yeah but it's not necessarily what we all picture in our minds when right when we we try to visualize what's happening yep yep I too felt that same way too. I was like, oh, a hypnotist is like, oh, they're trying to brainwash you or it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're going to get into your head. And Mm -hmm. with hypnotherapy, you are in complete control. There is actually an ethical guideline. I am not here to brainwash you. But the stage show is different than what hypnotherapy is. And even in hypnotherapy, there are different modalities, just like psychology, just like critical care, right? We'll take on psychology and you have Freudian uh, psychoanalysis. Then you have cognitive behavioral therapy. You mm-hmm. have the psychiatric medicine of it where you have you have drugs that can help with soothing um, certain behaviors, certain thought processes. And so hypnotherapy has those kind of same things like age regression, um, timeline mm. therapy, uh, mm. also called parts therapy. Um, there's modalities within the modality. And uh, the hypnotherapists ourselves, it's a very calm place, a very safe place. It's not going to be like, I'm going to make you cluck like a chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice that, yeah, you can have fun with it. Absolutely. Like, it's not just a therapy for just treating disease. You can actually enjoy it for sports performance. How do you get better at golf, right? Mm. You Mm -hmm. can do it for dreams, right? Going down to the subconscious mind, hypnotherapy is very intentful. You come in with a goal, with an idea in mind that you want to change or improve, Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the beauty of that hypnotherapy. It's actually now they're getting more and more studies. It's been studied since the 50s. And then they do have done even further analysis of just historical records. But now um, they're really because neuroscience is just so cutting edge. We've just learned more about the brain in 10 years than we've learned in the last 30 in the last, you know, so long. We've been studying more of the body than the brain. And so with neuroscience, they're noticing that people are in charge of their wavelengths. And I'm not putting you to sleep like you go night night. I put you to sleep in different levels and different brain waves. Hmm. A lot of the conscious is in this beta form, this alpha Mm -hmm. form. 
And then we bring it down. You'll hear a lot of people, especially in the healing world, talk about theta waves, right? Yes, this is exactly. Where, yeah, right. you get right. more of the uh, the healing benefits. And that's just bringing down those waveforms. And here's the thing. Our whole body is electrical, right? There's energy running through us. This mm-hmm. is why we're able to... Um, Record it through an EEG, an electroencephalogram, an EKG, or an ECG, an electrocardiogram. We're able to measure this energy flowing through your body. And here's the thing. If you can change the energy of your mind that is literally going through and innervating the rest of your body, Mm -hmm. and we can do that without drugs, Mm -hmm. without even touching We can do it just by this meditation, this trance state. Mm. It can change the feelings and the thoughts and the images of the body, right? It's very interesting. I say, you know, pink elephant, and you're probably going to conjure up a nice pink elephant. And I say black Mm -hmm. cat. I'm going to conjure up images of a black cat and uh, maybe some superstition, right, of what a black cat carries with them. And these are thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then just taking those simple concepts and then taking things of what do people think of when I say trauma, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to conjure up images, feelings, and beliefs about what trauma is to you. This is very mm-hmm. individualistic therapy. I can keep it, I can do a group therapy and it keep it vague and I can do an individual therapy and keep mm-hmm. it very focused. Yeah, and get very granular with someone. Yeah. So what question I have for you is why isn't this type of therapy used more in medicine and healthcare or is it being used more and why aren't we training people in it if it's this drug-free potentially very effective therapy that can help people recover from things like trauma Mm -hmm. why why isn't it more widely accepted or practiced you know it took a very large i mean even in psychology itself right it took a long time for psychology to make a name for itself, to even mm-hmm. like get a foundation where it's a science and it can be used and it can be helpful. In the 50s and 60s, it was kind of the craze. It was definitely mm-hmm. something, but it was just so kind of no way could this happen. No way can you heal yourself by thinking it, right? Mm -hmm. It just didn't seem. And the other thing is too, the individual has to really participate. You are the participant of uh, your care, the participant of your care. And it's a beautiful thing when hypocrisy, uh, Hippocrates said, when you want to heal someone, first ask them if they want to be healed. Hmm. With hypnotherapy and having that guide, it's not a quick fix. It, it really isn't. You have to have a level of motivation for attaining what you want and then applying what you want. If I just think it, it's just a thought, but it has mm-hmm. to be in this world, this realm. It has to be applied. I can't just think I'll lose weight and I'll lose weight. 
right? Mm-hmm. I have to make sure I diet and exercise. Yeah. I have to make sure I'm a participant of taking care of my body and I don't injure it, right? right. It is a healing and a guide for us, but it's not the quick fix that how from the 50s on forward has been more on the how do I quickly fix this, right? And we all know even working on construction of a house, a quick fix doesn't always do the job. Why would we apply that concept to the body? But we have. And I do believe that there is a revolution as I went down the rabbit hole, actually looking like, am I the only nurse? Because as I know it right now, I'm the only nurse mm-hmm. that does hypnotherapy. And as you're the only one I know of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. I looked up and I have almost more than 70 studies of different use of hypnotherapy, whether it be for anxiety, PTSD. Now they're getting in the somatic realm where Mm -hmm. how it can heal disease processes of organs. But as I said before, it is a modality as an attachment for certain things, right? Because you have to participate. An organ needs certain healings, maybe some medications to bridge the healing process, right? Because it's hurting itself, right? Mm -hmm. With that being said, I think there is a new wave of the use of hypnotherapy. Dentistry is kind of the number one that uses it the most, to tell you the truth. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I just went to the dentist yesterday. Did you? I did. How did it feel? Did you do okay with pain? Well, I've only had two cavities in my whole life. And yesterday I got a clean bill of health and just had a cleaning and an exam. So there was was no pain because I'm doing well. Because you're doing what you're supposed to. Very good. You're like, I try. (laughs) And I have good genes too. So that's awesome. Yeah. But dentistry, they're using it in -hmm. terms of people's anxiety because dental work can be very traumatizing and a lot of people have dental trauma. Mm -hmm. So they actually are practicing it. And is it dentists who actually learn it? Yes. Really? Yes. The dentist himself. Mm -hmm. Mm Because a big thing about hypnotherapy too is rapport, the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also one thing that we're Sadly, the relationship strain has been happening just because of COVID itself, you know, the overwhelming influx of patients and the sadly dwindling, you know, healthcare professionals that are at bedside. Mm -hmm. And so having that relationship, that ability to have the conversation, because people say things differently, right? My level of pain is subjective to the next person's level of pain. And so being able to have that rapport and that relationship and understand the different words that are being used to describe someone's health, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to, as I say, doctor talk, right? As Mm -hmm. a nurse, being at bedside, watching the doctor sometimes explain to the patient in doctor language. Mm -hmm. And then the nurse comes in and is like, so what did you get from that? I don't know. The patient's like, um... (laughs) The doctor said something important. Yeah. <laughs> Had to do with my liver. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're the only nurse using or practicing hypnotherapy mm. that we're aware of, and mm. maybe someone out there is listening knows of someone. So please let us know. Yeah. So 
This isn't taught in nursing school. Nope. It's not something that nurses talk about, Mm-mm. although there's lots of different holistic modalities yeah. that nurses are interested in. Yep. And you have a history of working in trauma. Yeah. You know, you started out as an EMT like mm-hmm. over 10 years ago. Yeah. And you've done flight and CCU and ICU and all that stuff, yep. right? Mm-hmm. What was your take or what has been your take? And you're still a a trauma nurse, a critical care nurse. So what's your take on the, let's just say the quintessential way Mm. in which a nurse approaches a traumatic situation? Like what's, what's the general zeitgeist of nursing when we're faced with trauma? What does a nurse do? Pull up your bootstraps, get your resources and do what you were trained to do. Right. Okay. So you snap into action. Snap into action. Yeah. And the experience of having a trauma over a trauma over a trauma has trained you well, right? Yeah. Detach on purpose. It's intentful, right? I don't Mm want to be crying as I'm doing CPR. It's not going to be that helpful for me. Right. No. So it makes sense. Nor the patient. Nor the patient. Right. Yeah. So you have to be somewhat mechanical in terms of like doing the task at hand. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And don't we call it clinical, right? We do. Clinical, clean, efficient, Mm -hmm. precise. Right. Yeah. And then as nurses though, as the procedure or the, the, the initial event is kind of taken care of, then we're supposed to put back on our empathy, aren't we? We're supposed to put back on Mm -hmm. our emotions and we're supposed to be understanding and be able to relate to the patient just like that Mm -hmm. in the snap of a hand. Yeah. Right. 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 And now we're noticing that that's hard, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And we call it compassion fatigue and then we're calling it burnout Mm -hmm. because There's a certain level of sacrifice that a nurse, any healthcare professional has in in giving to those. You have to have a passion for this. They'll never pay you enough. It's just not Mm -hmm. how it is. Mm -hmm. It has to come from within you. And a lot of the times I think we lose our purpose along the way. And quintessential of nursing is when you start even feeling a little bit of that burnout or a little bit of that compassion fatigue, you still push that away too and go, well, I, you know, this is my job and this is what I chose to do. And this is, you know, people still need to be helped. And even though you may hear it at the nurse's station, (laughs) I mean, I've done it too, where there's just complaints. It's like, oh, why are they like this? Or, you know, why are they doing this? And it's hard because, to keep yourself checked and balanced yourself is then how we help the patient to be checked and balanced for them. That's why in the ICU and critical care, they are at the last stop, aren't they? There's nowhere else to go. They mm-hmm. are that sick. Or if you're in that helicopter with somebody. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 And this may be their first helicopter ride. How traumatic mm-hmm. is that? It's not a mm-hmm. fun thing. It was always a bad thing. Yeah. And so as nurses, being that quintessential, we'll always put our bootstraps and go just like a firefighter. You see a fire, you put on your boots and you go, right? Mm-hmm. 
That's the nurse using our training for what it's used for. And in nursing school, yeah, they didn't teach hypnotherapy, but they also didn't teach how to be a human nurse, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Your job is to turn off your emotions, do your job and do it in a clinical fashion, right? Yeah. And that's, that's one reason I wanted to ask that question because you come from that critical care and trauma background Mm. and you still do flight nursing. You, you know, you've been around the block a little bit. (laughs) You've seen, you've seen a lot, right? And you and I have had some conversations about that. So you understand what trauma is Mm -hmm. and not that everybody comes to hypnotherapy with trauma. They might come with like smoking cessation or erectile dysfunction or whatever, right? They might come with anything. Yeah. Um, So, but still you understand what it's like to be a human being under duress. Right. And that's part of what you bring to the table. So what does it mean as a nurse to, to practice and be certified in hypnotherapy? Mm. I know you mentioned how your colleagues would ask you to come in and talk to patients, Mm -hmm. right? Because you had this certain presence and Mm -hmm. it was super helpful. Mm. But for a nurse to be able to have this particular skill under their belt, Mm -hmm. you know, let's just conjecture for a second. Yeah. How could that change the course of the course of healthcare? Like what if this was something that was more common? What might happen? Mm. This is play for a second. Oh yeah. Oh, I've already got it for you. So go for it. The revolving door, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it that we see the same patient over and over again? And they did a study in New Jersey to actually hopefully improve that because this has been going on for years, this whole revolving door. This is nothing new. And so they decided to really focus and enhance the aftercare of the hospital and see if that does anything. Right. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is like, okay, they come in for, you know, diabetes and they have high blood sugar where they have to be on an insulin drip, finally get it down to normal levels, get them on a diet in the hospital and send them home while sending them home. They're going to follow up with a dietitian. They're going to follow up with a social worker to make sure that they get the food. Right. Cause that's the big thing too. How are they, having access to get to the right food, right? Um, To also do uh, exercise plans that are doable for uh, for the patient. And what they noticed is they actually didn't make a difference. Didn't make a difference, even following up through the whole way through. And here's the thing. I had a client come to me. And this makes me sad. I might cry. I'm definitely a big crier these days. I just let the energy flow. Yeah. And I had a client come into me for weight loss. And she came to me. She was about 100 pounds overweight. And she said that she has been going to a doctor for diet and exercise and weight loss. And she says, you know, they take my blood pressure and they have to take it multiple times because they don't believe my blood pressure. And she has good, normal blood pressure. Her blood work looks great. Her heart rate looks great. She says every time she goes in there, she's shamed. And that the doctor is actually a uh, epigastric uh, sleeve surgeon. Mm -hmm. So she's going in there and pushing the fact is like, well, you're going to need surgery if you can't lose the weight. 
And so she comes to me, not knowing that I was a nurse at the time and not knowing, you know, what really to expect of hypnotherapy. She's just heard that it has been useful before. And um, it was just so sad hearing her story. And I, I felt compelled to tell her uh, that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going to a healthcare professional and you're getting shamed. That's not hypnotherapy. That's not therapeutic language. That's not helpful, right? It's, it's kind of enforcing that, see, no matter what you do, you're just going to have to have surgery. And she is deathly afraid of surgery. She's like, I don't want anybody to cut me. And I absolutely agree. If we don't have to, let's not. <laughs> and so I was able to heal some trauma that actually happened to her because she used to be a semi-pro volleyball player. So I meet her more later on in her life, but it's not that she doesn't know how to exercise and it's not that she doesn't know how to eat. Something else is going on emotionally that's really holding on. And so we cleared that. We cleared the shame because she's, she likes going to the doctor. She likes to know her health status, but mm -hmm. she's having now this anxiety going there because she's like, they're just going to push surgery on me. So after we finished and we did six sessions, we did about six sessions in one month, she lost 26 pounds hmm. and she just has been on the way of progression. And she's like, I've never been able to lose this weight for the last 15 years. And that right there showed me, wow, it, if, but it didn't have to go through me. You know what I mean? She didn't have to come to me. She could have gone to a, a professional who knew how to speak a language, mm -hmm. knew how to talk to her in a soothing way and to be understanding that this might be more an emotional based thing, right? Instead of just believing, oh, she's a liar. She's not eating right. See, that's why she keeps it. I, we have to understand the whole of mm. the patient the mind and body, like I said earlier, innervates everything in us, right? That yeah. brain of ours, the only organ that actually is named itself, go figure. Right. Right. And you're, and you're talking like the holistic take on health that nursing purports to, to follow. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, Charlie, I want to talk more about hypnotherapy and your practice. Mm -hmm. We can call it a practice, right? Yeah. And, and who you work with, how you work with them, why they come to you. And I also want to touch a little bit on the pandemic yeah. and trauma in general, <laughs> vicarious <laughs> trauma and everything that's going on around us. Does that sound good? That sounds fantastic. All right. So we will be right back for the second half of episode 355 of the Nurse Keith Show with hypnotherapist and nurse Charlie Rose. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. 
And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. So you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember, the show notes are located at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode in the number 355. We're here again with friend of the pod, Charlie Rose, trauma nurse and hypnotherapist. And during the break, Charlie, we just had a good laugh talking about what we would call your memoir, <laughs> which I'm not going to share right now. <laughs> but right before the break, we were talking about this, you know, this holistic lens through which you can see healthcare and health and well being mm-hmm. through, well, via hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And the way you described it sounded a lot like nursing, like the way we talk about nursing, but not the way that nursing often gets practiced Mm -hmm. because, you know, mandatory overtime, staffing issues, ratios, um, having to run around like a chicken with your head cut off, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to take care of all your patients, especially in the acute care setting Mm -hmm. that is, Mm -hmm. but in other settings too. Yeah. So Let's just go back in the way back machine for a second. When you first became a nurse, oh, yeah. what did you notice about nursing that was not what you expected it to be? And how did it impact you? Oh, man. Oh, hmm. man. Ah, that's what I came to face. Um, yeah, because when I first started, I mean, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Let's let's yeah. be real. Like, I can't wait to be a nurse. I'm going to save people. I'm going to help people. And I've already been exposed to burn nursing, which is why I wanted to get into nursing. And I was mm-hmm. exposed to um, flight nursing when I was a skydiver um, with the helicopters coming in. And they told me, they're like, I, you know, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, I'm a nurse. What? I can combine my all my loves together and this is my dream job. I'm set. I'm done. This is where I will be for the rest of my life. I'm not even going to retire at 65. I'll probably want to do this until I'm 70. And then I got in there and the system, the system kind of killed my soul a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility on, you know, you see the personalities of all the different kinds of nurse, right? There's there's some that, you know, they really know how to talk to some of the patients and some of the, you know, the clientele that come in. And then there's others that it's like, they're just so 
precise and they're good at procedures and they're really good at um, being there for you, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has their flow and their strengths and their weaknesses. But I just noticed that it was getting tighter and tighter and tighter of all the fixes that needed to be done. And I tried. I tried by being a house supervisor. I tried by being a charge nurse. I tried by being a code nurse. I was a preceptor. Um, I was definitely doing everything I possibly could. And it felt like it never made a difference. Never made a difference for the patients or just in general, just the whole milieu that you found yourself in? I think the milieu that I found myself in, and I've mm-hmm. worked at multiple hospitals. I've worked about yeah. six yeah, and, and just in San Diego alone. And so it, it just told me there's gotta be a different way to help the nurse do her job. And that's what I wanted because I, I don't, I don't see negligence. I don't. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to share something kind of like deep to my own past. My sister actually committed suicide in a hospital. And you would think like, oh, well, screw nurses, screw doctors. They, you know, they, they, you know, they didn't help her. And I, I, I never had that belief. And mm-hmm. being in the system, nurses, I don't, I didn't know any nurse in the ICU that didn't have more than one job. Like I saw people who want to help. I see people who want to be there, but I saw it was almost handcuffs on them to be able to help them in the way that they wanted help them in a way that it didn't have to be this clinical way. There's other options but not being able to be flexible at the bedside to be able to do it because of certain constraints between administration and, you know, the nurses. Hmm. And with that, I always did my best and a lot of nurses feel better because I wanted to be the communication between administration. Cause I see their constraints too. They're suffering just as much. Yeah. Right. And I see theirs and I see the communication breakdown, which is where accidents happen. The most accidents happen because of communication lost. I'm sure there are many nurses who would totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think I'm not the only one that's reaching out for other modalities, right? Like you said, there are so many healing hands, healing touch, right? There's so many, right? Aromatherapy. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yep. And so bringing that to nurses to give them back their power, because I see Mm -hmm. that's where I think it's lost in the practice. They don't feel empowered anymore. They just, Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons, there's, I mean, those were just my reasons. When I talk to other nurses, they've got their own reasons, right? Mm -hmm. For why they feel this chokehold almost. Mm -hmm. And bringing to them that empowerment because- that's what I believe a nurse is, a resource 
a resource because she knows all the resources. She knows who's going to be able to help her. She knows what doctor to get the orders from. She knows the little tricks in her toolbox of really how Mm -hmm. to use the products that are available to her, right? Mm -hmm. The nurse is the one that knows all of that because she is the common ground for the patient where the doctors come and talk to her, where the family comes and talks to her, where the assistants come and talk to her, phlebotomist comes. I mean, we can just keep going. She's the the liaison. Liaison, right? Everything, right. Everybody's a French nurse. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) A French nurse. That's right. And so it's what I'm hearing then is that there was a lot of disillusionment that you were experiencing in that world. Right. And so- hypnotherapy became something that offered a little extra something. And you explained at the beginning of the episode where your colleagues would ask you to come in and talk to people because you could actually be effective where maybe they wouldn't be as effective. Right. Right. So in the context of what's happening out in the world right now, COVID-19. We're recording this in mid-January of 2022. We're heading into, you know, it's almost two years officially now. There's a lot of trauma out there with nurses, right? Yeah. And patients and societies and communities and families, like we could extrapolate that out, right? Yeah. So tell me, give us a message of hope around your vision in terms of hypnotherapy and how could we make use of it in a time like this mm. when people are pushed so far to their edge? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Just, just, you know, let's play again. Let's conjecture a little more about the vision of, of like, what if we had an army of nurses who were trained hypnotherapists, what would happen? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Woo. Wow, what soldiers would that be? Oh man, yeah. mind, body, and spirit. Woo, mm-hmm. chills. Yeah. That yeah. um you're going to have more intentful, conscious conversations, right? Mm-hmm. I had so many people are coming to me who've had trauma in their life, which is everybody. There's so many levels of trauma. And what experiences do, whether they're traumatic or whether they're just big or whether they're even small, but had such a mark on your timeline, your life, you have this awareness that opens up for you that you never had before. Just like as you age in time, when I was a five-year-old, I thought differently than I did at 10, than I did at 20, than I do at 30. And I know I'm going to think probably differently when I'm 40, when I'm, you know, older. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it gives a guideline to walk in peace and Mm -hmm. understanding of the self of boundaries, of relationships, and being able to have the full conversation instead of just the conversation in my head as a nurse, like, I can't really trust what they're saying because what I'm seeing is they have this type of rash on them. They're this weight and all this kind of stuff. The body does give you information, but so does the conversation. So does the thoughts Mm -hmm. of why 
the patient does, what they do. And for mm-hmm. yourself, how many times have you heard so many times? I don't know why I do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me yeah. help you. Yeah. Right. I don't know why I have that bad habit that I just repeat over and over again, even though I know it's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, why do I have this particular? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Why do I always eat that thing yeah. that, that makes me sick? You know? Yeah. 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 So you could have an and army of ask- nurses. Oh, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. That's why I always ask. So it's like, well, who else would know? Because only you would know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. let's say we, <laughs> we, we trained nurses and let's say medical social workers and physicians in hypnotherapy. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be pretty oh, yeah. cool. There'd be pretty cool things that could happen. And so yep. in terms of hypnotherapy, um, we've talked about trauma, right? And we've also touched on like habits, like we can use it to, to change habits. What else can it help mm-hmm. with? Where could we go with it? Oh yeah. So I've get a lot of these questions too. Um, there's, it's not a newer wave. It's, it just trends happen, right? Like you see the bell bottoms coming back and they were back in the seventies. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. even trends in hypnotherapy and this can get out into the woo woo, but at the same time, I mean, we are in such an expansion of thought at this time in the, in the world. And so there are things that are called past lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I bet there are some people out there who's probably seen a documentary on about, you know, searching mm-hmm. past lives and that mm-hmm. how hypnotherapy can access past lives. And they have documented of children and um, of other adults that they have something in them that it it's almost starts off with this anxiety and these behaviors that just seem so sabotaging. And past lives goes beyond your timeline. And that mm-hmm. goes into possibly before you were even born, but these mm-hmm. lives that, you know, energy has passed on to you and it's within you, right? Yeah. We're technically those, related to the yeah, human For those who can ex- accept such a thing, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that concept, and yeah. When you come into my office, there is no judgment. Where yeah. the therapy goes is guided um, constructively by me, but through the lead of the client because it's for them. Like they want to come and see me for anxiety, but I keep pushing on them. I was like, well, it sounds like you got depression and I'm really pushing and it's, and it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Because maybe they like their depression. Maybe it's like, that's where they'd rather be just on a lower level, but they don't like this high energy level. That is their problem. Right. When people come in to therapy, it's the problem that they have, right? I have brown hair, right? Mm -hmm. And I like my brown hair. Mm -hmm. Somebody who comes in who really doesn't like brown hair, they're going to go to a hairstylist and do what? They're going to change the color color of their hair. hair. Yeah. And for me, it's not a problem. For them, they don't like brown hair. And so Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to want to change. If you're a smoker and you don't want to change your smoking and you really just like it and you don't care what other people say, I'm not going to change it. That's not what it's about. But if you come in Mm -hmm. for anxiety 
and that's what you really want to deal with, then that's what we're going to deal with because that is your problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so with hypnotherapy, um, did I lose myself there? (laughs) No. Oh, good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, with with hypnotherapy and in those types of different modalities, past lives, um, dealing with the problem that they want. I've even had couples therapy Hmm. that have come in and only one side of the story I get. And I have to tell them, I was like, you this is a two way street. This isn't just a one way street. I was like, first of all, have you even told your partner about this stuff? Well, no. And I'm like. Well, then I think that's where we're mm-hmm. going to start, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many modalities. I can do, couple, I've, I've actually done one couples therapy where both of them were in trance together. That was very interesting. Mm. Um, and going to a hypnotherapist is also going, so I'm also clinically trained as a hypnotherapist. I'm not just a certified, I'm a clinically certified hypnotherapist. Ah, okay. And it's, Yeah. And it's, and there are a lot of certified hypnotherapists out there that do great work as well. They really, really do. Um, But it's also understanding their, their limitations and where they can go. If they're not clinically certified, they can't go into the Western side of medicine. They're not Mm -hmm. going to be going to the dentist or for surgery or for pain management, right? You have to get a, yeah, a clinical. Thanks for elucidating that. Yeah. 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 I I mean, once you go down the rabbit hole, you start to realize, oh, there's a lot of other things that are involved, right? Like Mm -hmm. we just start with the entertainment side and then, well, what, how do you make a therapy out of it? And then there's dentistry and then there's surgery and then, yeah, it goes, Mm -hmm. there's so much to it. Yeah. Does it work for everyone? Like can everyone be, can everyone undergo hypnosis or, or, um, have a positive effect from hypnotherapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it really comes down to coping strategies, to relationships, to um, understanding of your own mind and brain, and um, just acknowledging um, responsibility. Now, here's mm-hmm. the thing. A Everyone, I believe, can go into a trance because, like I said earlier, right, if you watch a movie and you have emotions, you're in trance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been in a conversation with a best friend, a loved one, and you you have the flow that's mm-hmm. going on, you're in trance, right? Mm-hmm. And so just like I said, daydreaming, it's a form of trance. So that's why I believe everybody can go into it. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, well, you can't put me into trance, you're right, because you don't want to, Mm -hmm. right? It is a participating event, Yeah. right? And so that brings us to the school of thought that there's two separate school of thoughts. Some believe that trance is fully going into self-hypnosis, Right. Because of the participation. Right. I can't push you into trance. You fall into trance. Mm -hmm. But there's another side that says, no, um, you can only go into this type of trance with um, a therapist. I believe in the whole of the individual. And if I want somebody to control me and I give that over, then true. Right. But in the ethical realm, 
the guidelines that, you know, for a hypnotherapist, my job is not to brainwash you. Is it possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not what we're practicing. That's not um, for the betterment of the quality of life of our clients and patients and friends, right? Yeah, yeah. That's this is it's really fascinating, and you know, in in the world we're living in right now of this collective trauma, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah everybody's under duress, right? And we're all tired. Uh, We're all, you know, we're all fatigued from, you know, mask wearing and testing and vaccines and and uncertainty. So, you know, Mm -hmm. my mind often goes to like, what's going on in the wider zeitgeist? Like what's, what's happening in the collective unconscious right now? for Mm -hmm. humanity or the collective unconscious of the United States, for instance, or France or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's a lot of individual and collective trauma out in the world. And there's a lot of people who need healing and there's a lot of communities that need healing. And it sounds like hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. is a really interesting, viable evidence-based, um, Yep. modality that people could utilize in many, many different settings like you've been telling us. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you if I'm a nurse out there in the world and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, Charlie's story is interesting. And wow, hypnotherapy yeah. sounds more <laughs> like more fascinating and scientific and and evidence-based than I ever thought, you know, I've only seen it like on stage or on Bugs Bunny or something. So how would I actually go about pursuing certification as a hypnotherapist to then maybe even in clinical hypnotherapy? What do I do to make it happen? Where do I go? Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, there are so many options, um, to go out there. I mean, there is uh, Marissa Pierce for her rapid um, therapy. Uh, There are, I've heard of somebody, uh, Grace Smith. Uh, She does a type of certification. Now, remembering to the difference between somebody who's certified, right? And somebody who's clinically certified. When you get into the clinical realm, it's you have to have a license. So as a nurse, that's why I'm more clinically based, right? Yes. But acupuncturists can definitely get certified because that's a clinical base as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any psychologist, psychiatrist, um, I highly recommend because uh, for psychologists and psychiatrists, you would think that they would be trained in that modality. They are mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. as much as I want them to be mm-hmm. because of um, when you're in and talking at a conversation and you see that your patient goes into a trance-like state where they're almost like being thoughtful, that is mm-hmm. a perfect time to go into trance, perfect time to mm-hmm. go into hypnotherapy right there, right? The use of the language. Um there are certain um, modalities out there, Ericksonian. Uh, however, you usually have mm-hmm. to have a master's degree to be able to have his type of clinical therapy. I see. Right. So like our social workers. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a nurse might want to look towards clinical hypnotherapy as a Correct. licensed as a licensed person, a licensed healthcare professional. That would be the direction to go. Okay. So that's right. a good yep. hint towards someone who thinks, oh well, that would be could be kind of cool. And you also have a private practice. So you can use this in your work with patients, et cetera, but you also have a private practice where people come to see you and can it be done virtually or is it always done face-to-face? No, it can definitely be. That's actually how I first started my business because this started in the middle of COVID when everybody Mm -hmm. was on lockdown Mm -hmm. and the rate of clients coming in was just so overwhelming. And so we, we do zoom and for some people it works fantastic. And for other Mm -hmm. people, it not so much, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It really depends just like us, you know, um, your ethernet connection, you know, internet connection and stuff like that. If, uh, you know, it's dotty or it shuts down, that's going to be a little difficult for doing yeah, some it's of inter- the therapy. interrupt oh. the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it can be done. Yeah. There were hypnotherapists that back in the day, they were actually doing phone therapy. Like I'm talking wow. like seventies and eighties. Wow. Yeah. Before the internet. That's cool. And so that was a, and that was a big thing for smoking and weight loss and for little ticks and stuff like that, that uh, behavioral habits that were able to mm-hmm. change and stuff like that. That's wonderful. And yeah. Yeah. And I understand you're working on your doctorate for psychiatric mm-hmm. mental health, right? As a nurse practitioner. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you, you have a, a husband named Adrian, you have your son. Abram, you have your border terrier, right? Gadget. <laughs> and Gadget, you ride motorcycles yep. <laughs> and you're, you're, so you, you, um, you mentioned skydiving and now we know that you do high intensity yeah. um, interval training. You ride a motorcycle. So you're like totally a non-adrenaline person. Like you're totally laid back. No, you just, not at no, all. Yeah. No, no, no adrenaline. I really whatsoever. like to read and just stay home. Very much a home body person. Yeah. Lay in the chaise lounge. (laughs) So tell me what's one thing in the coming year that you're really looking forward to anything personally, Uh, professionally, anything. Yeah, it's, it's definitely building my practice, um, Mm -hmm. building this hypnotherapy to, to help, um, just my healthcare providers. And to help the world, I find it very interesting. I'm getting a lot of people who are still very hesitant on seeing a therapist, a talk therapist, Um, Um, and that they are looking for things that are more uh, holistic, more fringe. And, Mm -hmm. you know, hypnotherapy is still on those outskirts. So I have a lot of inquiries of individuals uh, and that are contacting me to deal with some of the things that they're dealing with. And I like that I'm a great resource for them in the fact that like, I know the Western side, I know the Mm -hmm. Eastern side. And Mm -hmm. if I don't think hypnotherapy works for them, that's why I built my practice in calling it neuro alignments is because one modality may not work for you, but I know a lot of modalities. So let's see what's going on and what would be best for you. That's beautiful. And if someone wants to contact you, 
um, you just mentioned neuro alignments. How do they contact you? You can go to my website at www.neuroalignments.com. So that is neuro, N-E-U-R-O, alignments, A-L-I-G-N-M-E-N-T-S.com. Or you can even call me um, on my phone, which is uh, 619. And this is for anybody as well. Hmm. 928-4292. So that's 619-928-4292. So they can just call you? They can just call me. You can leave a message and I will get back to you and um, we'll go from there on how I can help them in any way that we see fit for them. Because it is, it's right? It's all about the personalized mm-hmm. care. That's wonderful. And, you know, maybe you'll be at the head of this army of nurse hypnotherapists who are going to change the world. Can you I love it? it. They all have little watches with them, right? Yeah, I see it. I see gold watches, right? On a chain gold watches with a fob. in our future. I used to wear a, cha- a, a gold watch with a fob back in the no day. When I was in, yeah. When I was an art student. Yeah. It was, it was, I just loved that. It was really yeah. cool back in the That's day. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. You pull it out of your pocket and you push the button and it flips open, you know? Yep. Like the little yeah. pop. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Well, Charlie, thank you so much. You're so awesome. I love being friends. We're new friends and you're friend of the pod and we'll have you back. And thanks for coming on and talking all about hypnotherapy and, and how you're bringing this great work into the world. Thank you so much, Keith, for having me. This is amazing. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show with the inimitable and amazing Charlie Rose. The show notes where you can learn all about Charlie would be at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 355. And remember, if you need personalized holistic career coaching to elevate your nursing career, look no further than nursekeith.com. Mention Charlie and you can get 10% off your first coaching package. And please consider becoming a patron over at Patreon com even two dollars a month really helps support the production of the show as we head towards 400 episodes the nurse keith show is a proud member of the health podcast network at healthpodcastnetwork.com one of the largest and fastest growing collections of authoritative high quality podcasts and they're even launching their own separate nurse podcast channel so keep an eye at healthpodcastnetwork.com and maybe charlie rose will be joining the ranks of nurse podcasters someday <laughs> the nurse keith show is adroitly produced by rob johnston of 520r podcasting and mark cappy Speeson is our stalwart social media ringmaster be well dig deep seek joy keep in touch this is nurse keith saying adios till next time from beautiful santa fe New Mexico and the wonderful Charlie Rose saying Arrivederci from San Diego, San Diego, California. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you on the flip side.